0: Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis
1: Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass.
1: What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Wednesday, September the 5th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins report back to the facility, and it is officially go time. The team practiced today and yesterday released the first official depth chart of the regular season, We'll discuss that as well as welcome in a first time guest to the podcast to talk about the Tennessee Titans and we'll finish up your Twitter questions. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter and the show at LockedOnFins, as well as LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network, and last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Titans podcast to catch up on all the news and notes from our Week 1 opponent. Let's go ahead and get into the news. As the Mad Dog does just about every day here on the podcast, leads us into the news, and as has been the case for the last few days, the Dolphins are moving and shaking on the roster once again, as Tuesday's roster activity included cutting previously signed Travis Swanson, who I think might have made it for 24 hours before he was axed, and they brought in veteran running back and special teams ace Brandon Bolden from the Patriots. He was there for six years, an absolute special teams gem, so the Dolphins replenished that part of the team. That was dampened a little bit by the loss of Michael Thomas to the New York Giants. So the Dolphins steal a player from their enemy and get a little bit better in the process. We'll have injury updates for you guys on the game tomorrow and Friday. But as for today, that's it. Let's go ahead and get into things. That's another Miami Dolphins First on the docket, I guess, is still a bit of news talking about Devontae Parker and the worry that he is still two weeks away from being ready to play, from being ready to contribute. And I believe it was Armando Salguero that reported he is not yet healthy and the Dolphins might not have him for opening day against the Tennessee Titans, which brings us back into that depth chart debate once more as the Dolphins released a depth chart ahead of the game for the first time on Tuesday. And Adam Gaze was up to his old tricks again. And I really, really hope that he is trolling because I hated four of these position groups the way they stacked up. Number one, the running backs. Having Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake as either or 1A, 1B is just stupid. I don't believe they'll do that. But if they do do that, I have a serious, serious concern with Adam Gaze in that regard. The wide receiver slotting, Devontae Parker still number two for some reason. Not sure what he's done to earn that over Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. And the tight end group, Mike Sicky and Durham Smythe, third and fourth respectively. That's where I really think this has gone off the rails. And I think he is absolutely trolling because there is no reason to play Marquise Gray and A.J. Derby ahead of Mike Kosicki. So a bunch of insanity on that part of the roster. And lastly, defensive tackle Akeem Spence is still the unquestioned number one with Devon Godshaw or Jordan Phillips as the number two and Vincent Taylor, the number four. So once again, I think Gaze is trolling. At least I really hope he is because that depth chart sucks on ice. And another news or topic of the day, I suppose, was Ryan Tannehill taking Twitter questions and posting video replies to those questions. And that's something we have never seen him do. He has been a very private person and not really let us into his life like a lot of other players or quarterbacks or just guys that build their brand have done if you haven't checked that out yet on twitter i recommend going to his timeline i believe he's at ryan tannehill one check out those answers he's a pretty boring guy not a lot of sauce there but nonetheless interesting to hear him talk to the fans in that way and the last note here before we bring in our guest is adam gaze had a presser and i think it was jason leisher wrote a piece up on the Palm Beach Post talking about how Adam Gaze is back in midseason form where he walks into the press room with his shoulders slung back and just a pissy attitude and kind of snarling at the media members, asking dumb questions, giving them short answers, not giving them a whole lot to work with, and just really in that competitive spirit. And I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast about how he has this air of confidence around him and the way he feels about his roster. And, and Jason wrote a great piece up on the Palm Beach Post talking about how Adam Gase has referred to this team as being one that he loves. He loves that group of guys. He loves the way they work. He said that all these guys put these estimations out on what they see on paper, but they aren't here to see how these guys work every single day. And he feels confident. He feels good. Leisure wrote that... Gaze, when he treats the media that way, or when he's kind of an asshole in that way, that's when he's the most confident in his team. So good to hear that. I think they're going to be confident going into this game, and they're going to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder because of what Adam Gaze does and because of what the media has really done for the Dolphins this offseason. All right, guys, I want to cut this first segment short because we have an actual football game to discuss, and we're going to do that next with my guest from the Locked On Titans podcast, Terry Lambert. But first, before that, a word from MyBookie. And as you guys know, I get asked all the time about my opinions on this team, the NFL, college ball, whatever it is. But what I always tell people is it's not about who you're betting on. It's about the site you bet through. And that's why MyBookie.ag is the place to be. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each and every game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And do not forget to use promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And joining the show now is the host of the Locked On Titans podcast. You can find him on Twitter at TLambertFB. He is Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you doing this evening, man?
0: Doing well. Thanks for having me on,
1: man. Yeah, it's cool to get a chance to talk with you. And That's one of the unique uh, aspects of the Locked On Podcast Network is we have you know local experts for every team. So we're going to do this every Wednesday for you guys, having these crossover podcasts, talking to the opposition, if you will. And first things first here for you, Terry, you guys are working in an entirely new coaching staff. What have been the results of this new offensive and defensive scheme? And how long do you think it'll take before things start to click for the Titans? Because for me, I think this is a really talented team on paper. But yeah,
0: it's an interesting question because we really don't know. Uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, new head coach, has, has just kind of poo-pooed the preseason and, and not really uh, shown us too much. And you know, the Titans have been banged up with Rashard Matthews. You know, Corey Davis, uh, right tackle Jack Conklin has been out. So uh, I think they've kept things under wraps by design. Uh, so so it's an interesting spot. I, I think the Titans have a lot of talent. I don't think we've seen anything close to what we're going to see in the regular season in terms of scheme. Uh, So, you know, the starters, we've only seen, Yeah, I think, in the dress rehearsal game we saw three drives out of the starters. So, uh, really, you all know as much as I know about the scheme. Uh, So, so really, it's kind of a wild card going in. Uh, On paper, though, they look pretty
1: great. I'm glad to hear you say that because one of the big discussions or arguments or, or whatever you want to call it on Twitter for the Dolphins Twitter has been the fact that Adam Gase has been running a vanilla scheme in preseason. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what they do. They don't want to show you their right. head. So good, good to hear you say that. But let's go ahead and shift gears to the quarterback now with Marcus Mariota. Where are you with him? Because we know he had a down year last year in what was a really archaic offensive scheme under Mike Malarkey. But do you think he will improve like emphatically back to what he was in college? Or just where do you stand on Marcus Mariota?
0: I'm a big Marcus Mariota fan. I'm a big believer in him. Uh, So the deal was, last year, the scheme was just terrible. I I mean, you had pass plays designed with one passing option, maybe two passing options on a play. It was just really strange. Uh, You saw so many miscommunications, so many option routes. Uh, Rashard Matthews and Corey Davis never seemed to be on the same page with, with Marcus Mariota. Uh, A lot of his interception, you know, people point to those 15 interception number as a reason for regression. But a lot of those came from simple miscommunications or simple not being on the same page uh, type deals. So uh, I I think I don't know if they're going to be on the same page uh, to open the season. Like I said, we haven't seen the offense uh, fully installed yet. But it just seems like it's logical to to kind of simplify this offense for Mariota for these young receivers. Um, so I, I think Mariota has it mentally. I, I think he can process things well. I, he, you know, you've seen him look off safeties and, and linebackers and do some next level things with his head. So uh, for that reason, I'm in on Mariota. Uh, granted, of course, we need to see it. And I'm hoping that that we're going to see that pretty quickly here. But then again, yeah, you know, we really haven't seen this offense operate. So it's still a wild card.
1: I'm actually really glad to catch you guys week one, just because I think that what Matt LaFleur did with Jared Goff, obviously under Sean McVeigh, really bodes well for you guys down the line. But the hope for us is that you guys start off slow and don't quite click right away. But right. one thing you can do to kind of mitigate that is get these skill players involved with easy routes and easy concepts. Because for me, I think Corey Davis is going to be an absolute superstar. I've heard great things about Taewon Taylor. Deion Lewis is exactly the kind of player that just kills Miami every single year. So out of those skill players, and you can involve the tight ends as well. Who should we be worried about most on Sunday?
0: I think, uh, think Deion Lewis. And I think uh, most people assume that it's going to be Derrick Henry's backfield. I'm not so sure. Uh, Deion Lewis gives the Titans something that they haven't had. Uh, really, I I don't know. I don't know the last time they had something like that. Uh, they haven't had a a guy that can come out of the backfield, catch a swing pass, and and take it 10 yards and convert a first down. Um, that's just not something they've had with DeMarco Murray, uh, who got old really quick. So I think that's a new layer to this offense. Marcus Mario is finally going to have a check down guy. Uh, but I don't think you can forget about Corey Davis. I don't think you've seen, uh, the, you know, the tippy top from him. Uh, you're you're still not seeing Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis still on the same page yet. But I think that'll come in time. Maybe it doesn't come in week one. Uh, another guy I'll throw at you is Taywan Taylor, a guy that's going to stretch the field, a guy that uh, has had some really good practices. Um, I think they're going to use him in kind of that Sammy Watkins role to where he's maybe even a decoy at times, but sucks that safety um, um, back deep and and open things up in the intermediate. So uh, interested to see him. And then, uh, of course, we haven't seen Rashard Matthews play yet. So uh, how they're going to use him remains a mystery. So, uh once again we just don't know a whole lot about this titans team right now
1: i want to get to those injury updates for you later in the podcast but first let's go ahead and flip it over to the defensive side of the ball and we saw it back in 2016 when jarell casey and Derek morgan and company just wrecked the dolphins putrid offensive line we have improved in that area now but still you guys feature a bunch of good pass rushers we know about kevin byard being an all pro last year there are names all over the defense what would you say is the strength of that group on defense
0: well, suddenly, I mean, you've got a point to the secondary. You've got a Dory Jackson who's really emerged down the stretch last year. Uh, of course, Logan Ryan. Of course, Kevin Byard. Uh, Malcolm Butler. They, they threw a lot of money at Malcolm Butler. Uh, he didn't play a lot this preseason, but he's expected to be one of the best corners in the league. Uh, so suddenly you've got three top corners along with Kevin Byard. And now, uh, you know, Jonathan Ciprian went down with an ACL injury in, in camp. Uh, I think they upgraded with, with signing Kenny Vaccaro there. So that's a pretty good secondary right now. I don't know about the pass rush uh, just because of injury right now, but uh, I think they're going to be do- doing some multiple things, uh, 20 of, of man across the board. They're going to throw some zone at you so they can do plenty of things in the secondary.
1: I really expect Dean Pease to mix it up because that's what he has done his entire career. And he's actually gotten the better of Ryan Tannehill. Most times they face off in their career. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But as for your worries, what is it about this Dolphins team that worries you the most on Sunday?
0: Yeah, I think Kenyon Drake, you know, the little I saw of him last year, uh, a dynamic player out of the backfield, uh, Titans got better on, on defense there I, I just don't know if you can match up with him And then, you know Someone's going to have to replace the, the Jarvis Landry targets uh, I think that's Danny Amendola You can correct me if I'm wrong there uh, just that that short to intermediate game. You know, I, I think Ryan Tannehill's a pretty good quarterback. I, I think people forget that just because of the injury. So, uh, I, I think the Dolphins' offense is pretty underrated coming into this one. And, and you know, we still don't know a lot about this Titans team. They're they're pretty banged up. Uh, the injury bug bit them hard. So. Uh, just wondering if the Titans are going to be able to consistently stop the Dolphins offense.
1: Well, that was my last question for you here. Cause I've seen Brian Arakpo, Derek Morgan. I think Harold Landry is like already possibly determined out. Jack Conklin has the ACL coming back from Rashard Matthews. You mentioned him. Where are all those guys from a health standpoint on Tuesday night as we record this podcast?
0: I really, really wish I could give you an update, but Mike Vrabel has absolutely <laughs> locked it down. He will give us absolutely nothing. It's been so frustrating. Uh, I can tell you, Arakpo is expected to play. Uh, he said he was good to go. Uh, Harold Landry tweaked his ankle, uh, and, and that was the deal with him at Boston College. Uh, so he was not in a boot. I, I, just to be honest with you, I'd, I'd be surprised if if our second-round pick, Harold Landry, played. Uh, outside of that, Derek Morgan had had his knee cleaned out. You know, we don't know about that. So um, the one guy I'd be shocked to see right now play is Jack Conklin, the right tackle. Uh, Really good player. And Titans are going to are going to miss him. So Dennis Kelly is going to play in his spot. Uh, They did activate him from the PUP list, but he's still not going to play. So uh, Dennis Kelly is going to be a weak spot in this line. Uh, he's going to get, you know, front side pressure on Marcus Mariota. Cam Wake's going to have plenty of opportunities to get to Marcus Mariota. So that's an area of concern for me.
1: I was going to say, don't worry, it's just Cam Wake over there, a potential Hall of Famer deal. Right. With him. <laughs> so that's that's probably <laughs> your big area there, I'd, I'd imagine, and and definitely appreciate that. Well, hey man, I hope you guys get healthy. I hope you guys have the best of luck after week one, if you guys don't mind. And uh, like I said, all fantastic stuff, dropping some Titans knowledge on us. He is Terry Lambert, the host of Locked on Titans. You guys can find him on Twitter, at TLambertFB. Thanks again for joining me tonight, man.
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: And off he goes. Good to hear an outsider's opinion on the Tennessee Titans and give us an update and a preview on what they're expected to do. And I also jumped on his podcast and talked about our Dolphins. If you guys want to check that out, Locked on Titans, probably going to be up for you guys today as well. So check that podcast out. We're going to get back to your Twitter questions that I did not answer on yesterday's podcast. We'll do that next. Locked on Dolphins podcast at weekly NFL at Locked on Fins. Rolling into our third and final segment on this Wednesday podcast for September the 5th, talking about Titans and Dolphins. We're getting right back into your Twitter questions. And the first one here comes from Sean Blanche. He is at Sean Blanche on Twitter. Why is the national media so high on Marcus Mariota, yet so critical of Ryan Tannehill? I think people like shiny new toys. And we all saw it last year with Jay Cutler. And even though Jay Cutler had a bad past, a bad history with the Chicago Bears, with the Timber Broncos, just for being a basically average type of quarterback, because he was new and people weren't used to it yet, they were excited about it. And how did that work out? He completely flames out. Not a good player. Mariota still has that new car smell on him, so to speak. But I think it kind of got a little bit dank last year when he played so poorly. And you heard my guest Terry talk about the fact that it might have been more scheme based, and I understand that. I agree with him on that point. But as far as the national perspective, you don't get those breaks. And if Mar- if Mariota does that again, he will definitely not get those breaks going forward. I have a question here from Rodolfo Valentino at the Secret Agent Three. He asked for my predictions on Devonte Parker's final stats. There's actually a piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com titled "Offensive Stat Predictions," and you guys can just check that out because I don't want to repeat the same stuff over and over on the podcast here. Next question comes from William Turnbull. It's at Bill from Boynton. You are predicting a 3-0 start while most national media has us with three wins total with very little revealed in the preseason as far as plays go. What bit of information, inside information are you crediting to the turnaround besides wishes, dreams, and blind faith? Not said sarcastically, yada, yada, yada. I get you, William. I, I understand that, Bill. But the reason I'm so excited is because I saw these things growing in 2016 with Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gaze and the way they operated the offense then. And while there's a lot of turnover on this offensive roster, I think they turned it over in a way to benefit Tannehill's strengths and really hone in on what he does well. And there was a bunch of things I highlighted in the offseason that I wanted them to improve on. Stuff like third long defense, red zone defense, passing out of certain situations, and all the moves they made to me. I I wanted the moves they made to happen. I predicted a lot of those things. Josh Sitton, Minka Fitzpatrick. I wanted more slot receivers. All these things they did. A better pass-protecting offensive line, like getting rid of Mike Pouncey. I wanted them to do all these moves. They did them, so I'm confident that they did the right thing because that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I would have done. Next question comes from Gary Carmen is at Gary V W V 53. Gary seems to me that Minka is starting at corner signals. The Finns will be playing a much higher percentage of snaps in nickel to keep him on the field as much as possible. Do you concur with that? And I I don't think they're going to play any more nickel than they would have. I think they're going to play packages to get all five of those guys on the field. Like you mentioned, like you said, the three safety look we could envision with Minka Fitzpatrick closer to the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to play a hundred percent of the snaps. And if you take him off the field, you're making a mistake. Next question comes from Bill Crawley. It's at Bill Crawley 9491. In all likelihood, we are not going to contain the Titans running game for 60 minutes. How many points do we need to score to win? And how do we score them? I think that you always want to look right around the mid-20s. I have a scoring 30 in this game at 30 to 23 is my prediction. But so I guess 24 is the answer. But I think that just the fact that the Dolphins can keep the pace, keep the tempo, can kind of take the Titans out of what they want to do on offense, and I guess. Your best defense is a good offense in this case by just staying on the field, staying consistent, and keeping the chains moving on the third down. So I think that 24, 25, 26, right in that range, should be good enough. Next question comes from Reese Morgan. That's at Reese May Belgi. Do you think Falk will provide any insight ahead of the game against the Titans? I do and I don't. I think that they, I saw on Twitter with one of the Titans beat writers, they mentioned that Mike Vrabel has installed only, or I guess Matt LaFleur has installed only two out of the 11 packages they will actually use in terms of concepts and and the different installs they will have throughout the course of camp. And they actually talked about how they held some things back because they were prepared for something like this happening where you cut a quarterback and he goes off to the same team that you're playing that particular week. And the last question here comes from Gonzo Shitcock at Dick Dies Owl Daddy. <laughs> All right. Do you think they employ a spy on Mariota, maybe TJ at linebacker? I'll go ahead and answer that one first. You had two questions in there, but I think they will have to do something to account for it because as this wide nine does, you can get upfield. And if Mariota can sneak through that middle part of the pocket and then flee to either side, You're just out of luck at that point. If they want to play man coverage, then that's a big problem. But typically, this defense plays zone, so I think they'll probably be in that zone coverage where you don't have to spy Mariota. Usually, he's a spy when it's man coverage. Dolphins run a lot more zone. Also, he asks, with Conklin out, hopefully reliable pressure is assured. I think so. You heard Terry talk about it. He's concerned about Cam Wake. He should be concerned about Cam Wake. I think they're probably going to help out Dennis Kelly there, who is confirmed to start at right tackle, according to Terry Lambert. And I think they're going to have to help him out with chips, tight ends, extra blockers over on that side, which means Robert Quinn gets a one-on-one all day with Taylor Lewan, And it's a tough matchup for him, but all it takes is one or two wins to really impact the football game. So that's the biggest matchup for me, Robert Quinn versus Taylor Lewan. Alright, yet again, another successful Twitter mailbag. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you putting those questions in. We'll do that once a week on the podcast here and talk about the game before that happened and the game coming up but as for now, as for me on this podcast I gotta get out of here and I have to play some Nashville local music for my guest Terry Lambert as we cue the Kings of Leon here. That's gonna do it for the podcast guys. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter Twitter, at weekly nfl follow the show at locked on fins and keep up to date on our daily dolphins blog at lockedondolphins.com you guys have a great rest of your night we'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition additional locked on dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football